0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. I'm Stephanie and I'm sadly without Jimmy or Michelle today. Um, but luckily for me, I have managed to wrangle Lee into the studio. Uh, hi Lee. Hello Stephanie. Um, Lee's been with us before, but we thought we'd invite her back because Lee and I have spent about the past, what well, would you say 12, months? Oh, no, I'd say, 12 months? 12 months. Yeah, reading Georgette Higher and talking about georgette heyer and talking more about georgette heyer and then talking more about georgette heyer yeah. so we thought we might as well do it in front of a microphone um instead of just in our offices yeah. so lee georgette heyer historical novelist what yeah. historical romance novelist. romance
1: novelist why do you love her why do i love her um that's that's a really difficult question. I, I find her utterly addictive. I, I I was trying to remember how we started I think it was my fault. Her. I think it was you. Somebody said something about her.
0: It was me. Um I had read her in the past and been on a Georgette Higher tear through her novels. And then I mentioned it to you and then I know you started your Georgette Hyatt tear, oh and then I went back to my the Georgette Hires that I'd already read, and from there, the addiction was born.
1: She's, she's, she's like crack cocaine. Yes. She I is like crack cocaine. Crack, <laughs> crack, we've discovered Georgette Hire. It's a much more virtuous I, addiction. I, think. I Yes, I, I would agree with that, but it is an addiction, and I don't quite... There's things I love about her, and there's things I don't like about her. I was thinking about it this morning, and I thought of when you think of all her really... The, the sort of characteristic romances of her I was thinking how many times can you rewrite Pride and Prejudice and make it different every time mm-hmm. because that that to me is part of the interesting thing about her she's so new in what she does and yet she's so linked in to past mm. texts particularly Austen and particularly Pride and Prejudice which of course is a perfect romance novel mm. But I thought there are interesting aspects about that. I mean, I love, I think most of the time for me, she gets the heroes and the heroines right. There's, there's some problems I have with them, but on the whole, um, I find them very engaging characters because she does that thing of presenting people who are in a very um, hierarchised, um, artificial um, situation, culture, class and in some way they're 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 on the inside but in some ways they're outsiders as well
0: Mm.
1: because they have desires that don't quite fit they they can't quite find the person that's the given of the romance they haven't found the person who is the person who is their fate Mm. yet so they're all they're sort of they're just they not ha- they're not always happy they might think they are some of the heroines think they are because they've got close relationships with their sisters or whatever but they realize that they're not so it's I, I find it fascinating that outsider insider thing mm-hmm. um, I, I, I just I, I think she's just so good at plots because we both know we're both passionate about detective fiction too and we both know that both these genres rely on formula yeah formula that that particular you know, the romance pattern, boy meets girl, boy sort of there's complications in boy gets girl back and yeah. you know, whatever. It's just this this absolutely straight jacket of a formula. And what fascinates me about Haya is that she can she she just rings the changes on that. And one thing I was thinking of this morning that I find really interesting, and I know you read more other types of romance yeah. than I do. But I was thinking of the way she sets it in the families because so many times, if you think of Frederica, yeah. so many times the hero is actually inducted into a family because Frederica is sort of the mother figure for mm. her brothers. And in a sense, he he falls in love with Frederica, but he loves the family too. So yeah. he becomes, it's it's a consistent pattern with Haya, that the, 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 the family, he falls in love with the family as well as yeah. the woman
0: yeah that's so that's so true i mean and she does supporting characters like the family characters so brilliantly like you they they really live you know i'm i'm rereading or actually not rereading that's a lie. i'm reading black sheep for the first time at the moment um and just um um, you know 70 80 pages in and i brilliantly understand and completely understand selena the heroine sister who is this fussy kind of a little bit older woman she's in her 40s so that you know in in higher world is is pretty old um
1: geriatric yeah yeah.
0: and she's a bit of a hypochondriac but she's sweet and she's only really a hypochondriac because she's got really nothing to do and she just draws her so brilliantly and you know by you know 20 pages in you know everything you need to know about that character and you're right that the heroes do get drawn into like the family setting and she has this way of representing like all of the complexities of family the way that different different you know characters the way that they rub up against each other and and clash but there's also like a really deep affection and love there and and a kind of management like her heroines are really good at kind of managing their families are like not manipulating but ensuring that things go as they want them to go so to speak um so yeah that's a, a Something that I absolutely love about her. And as you say, she's just so good at plot. Yes. She's just so good at plot. The talisman ring is one that stands out oh, for me. No. Because she it's it's like a gothic novel. Yes it is. And it's got all of these little strands in it. And you think, how is this all gonna to come together? But then it comes together beautifully yeah. with not one strand left hanging. No, no. But not in a but not in a kind of creaky, you know, I'm making this happen because this no. needs to happen. No. It's just beautifully done. You believe in the logic of it, don't you? Believe you believe in Every the logic, <laughs> yeah. And you think this is the only possible way this could have ended. Yes, yes. But it's not creaky, it's not, yes, it's not um, yes. It's not obvious. And I read a lot of contemporary fiction, and to me, I think I've said this on this podcast before, but um, to me the problem with a lot of contemporary fiction is plot. Yeah. Like, they're really good at character, they're yes. really good at imagery, dialogue, they're really good at writing, yeah, but then yeah. I get to the end and I'm like, well, that was a big load of nothing, because yeah, the plot yes, kind of just... doesn't. falls in a splat or something Um, whereas with with Georgette Heyer I always feel like the ending is just this perfect nugget of of brilliance and and I can't imagine
1: it ending in any other way and I just think that's such a an underappreciated skill I agree I agree it's fascinating isn't it and you're right there's never any loose ends but there's never that sense oh well it's been forced to happen Mm. she makes as a reader she makes you believe that this is the way it should be, it, mm. it, it, and it has that. Maybe that's part of the drug. You, you, I'm always satisfied at, yeah. at, the, at the endings of the novels. Yeah, and I think you uh, maybe after modernism, I don't know, we, writers <laughs> will be slaughtered. Lost. We can bag capaci- out modernism here. That's <laughs> lost fine. Lost the capacity <laughs> to to do plots because yeah. so much of modernism and new modes of writing are against those sort of strictures of plot. Mm. And we've said this before. We think she's probably read at most she's read a lot of Gothic, mm. particularly she's Yeah, she's she knows Austen inside out. Yep. She knows the Bronte's inside out. I think I keep finding little hints of nineteenth century novels all the way through. And that and if if you want amazing plots, when I mean, that's mm. that's the century you go to. That's <laughs> right, yeah. Because that's where it all came from and that, that ability to put these things together in such a satisfying way although in the 19th century there is often there can be that sense oh well it's just all getting tied up for the sake of it she's better than that in some ways um but yeah but you you mentioned selena and i and i know in in the black sheep and i know you haven't finished it yet but what i found really interesting is um selena and um abigail are versions of uh, lizzie and her mm. sister in, in pride and prejudice but but i, I don't want to i don't i, I don't want to spoil it for you but in some senses abigail has to be rescued from selena Mm. Because, as you say, Selena has got to advanced middle age or old age. I mean, you know, they talk about being old at twenty four. It's deeply depressing. I mean, yeah, she's a she's an old spinster at twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, like, well, I right. I've, yes, I've yes, seen yes. twenty eight pass me by. <laughs> it's full of things is positively <laughs> terrifying. But Selena sort of relies on Abigail to make her life for her. Yeah, and this is so that's how that particular romance plot has to work out mm. because Miles has to he comes into that and in some senses he has to rescue her from that mm. so you get the two versions of the families in in broad senses you get the family is absolutely feral and yeah. parasitic and quite manipulative of the hero and the heroine because it mm. happens with both the male and the female characters and i find that absorbing but you then you get the family as very supportive and mm. and, and, and making things okay and and as with um, Alva Stoke in Frederica he comes in and he becomes part of the family they don't have to destroy the family or break up the family the whole point of Frederica is that he becomes part of Frederica's family. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, and that that's like Venetia as well. Yes, because the the yeah. hero yeah that's the right. the hero comes in and yes. she's got these two brothers who are kind of problematic in their own different very, ways. Yes. Yeah. it's a loving family they they love each other but she's also kind of yoked to, to, to kind of her role of taking care of them yeah. and, and they, he yeah and the hero comes in and kind of saves yeah. her from that even though they're not
1: they're not malignant in any way well i think sometimes they can be see mm. this is what fascinates me about higher i i think she really for someone who was i think she was very close she was certainly close to her brothers I, I think she came from a very happy family but she does understand the malignancy of family. She no, does understand true. how yeah. brothers and sisters and can, be, can sort of make a person feel that that person has to live their life in the way that is, su- suits the family. Well, I suppose it's not... Um, what, where I'm making the distinction
0: between, you know, being kind of malignant or not is that they don't kind of... The, the family members often don't see it in that way. They think they're behaving in kind of neutral or loving Absolutely. ways. But yeah. they are actually yeah. restricting the lives of the, of the heroines yeah. in various ways. So it's yeah. not a kind of conscious choice, I'm going to be, you know, bad know. to my sister. No. No. It's just the way I'm acting causes yeah. these unintended consequences yeah. for my yeah. sister.
1: And it's so beautifully observed, isn't it? Because it all comes out through character. Mm. And character in higher is so often produced through dialogue. I think she her dialogue is just... Beyond good, mm. and it has that energy. You believe that people—God knows how people really spoke in the Regency and the Georgian periods—but you, you believe that she captures some of that energy mm. of the way people speak in ordinary life. You know, they're not making public pronouncements the way they talk in in the drawing rooms, in the bedrooms, in the kitchens, or whatever. Yeah, you. It, she makes me believe, at any rate, that there's that that wonderful energy of the way people really talked.
0: And and it's so clever because she uses so much Regency jargon. Yeah. I, rem- I mean, I yeah. remember we had to print out a uh, <laughs> like a slang guide to we the Regency did. because there's so much Regency slang in there. Wasn't you think that fun. <laughs> you you when you <laughs> read some of these things, you're like, what on earth is yeah. that, is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd so, give a monkey to see that. I thought,
1: what's he talking about? I'd give a monkey to see that. Yeah, <laughs> we had to find it. And then
0: the tiger. <laughs> yeah, the tiger, yeah, the tiger. <laughs> we thought <laughs> yes. like I, yeah. I knew that what tiger meant, yeah. but remember you were thinking like. Is it a real tiger? <laughs> <laughs> and I only knew and it I because I. this is my kind Yes,
1: of, yes, I thought, what the hell's going area. on? But for, for the listeners, the mon- yeah. a monkey is 500 pounds. Yeah. So so, but, and the tiger is the little groom, the miniature um, handler of the horses, because... Um, you, well, of course, when you're going everywhere on horses, you have to have someone to look after the horses when you get out of a carriage or whatever. And so the little tiger, the little uh, uh, boy, yeah. is the one who jumps up and down. And, and he's wearing and, and, the livery And we his own. think the yeah. livery is striped, hence yeah. tiger. But I've looked it up a few times and I still haven't found out why it's called the tiger. tiger. Yeah. But there are two spectacularly wonderful tigers in um, yes. in the stories. Um, one of them was rescued. Both of them have been rescued off the street. One was a chimney sweeps boy. That's yes. in Regency Park. Mm. Is Henry? Yeah. I think it's Henry yeah. in Regency Park. And the other one is um, Jay- there's a, there's Jason in Friday's Child yes. who was... Was he he was a th- he's a pickpocket he's a, a pickpocket th- and he yeah. still is a th- and he
0: still and he <laughs> continues to feed people all through the book yes, but yes. if you ask him nicely he'll yeah. give the stuff back yeah
1: yes. well he <laughs> has to they have to they have to grab him <laughs> as they leave all these stately homes he's and say, say what have you taken give it back give it back <laughs>
0: But she does it so brilliantly because she incorporates all this slang and you know, unless they're like hands, I feel like that'd be clunky. It would be in a way terrible. It'd it'd be be, it'd be kind of a way to show like yes, I've done the research. Yeah. Yes. Know, yes, I've I've kind of, you know, yeah. I know enough about this period right. to, to throw these words yeah. in. But it's yeah. it comes off so organically. Think, yeah. How does she do
1: it? Like yeah. how does she turn yeah. all of this Regency is, slang yeah, and does make she it get natural? That energy? Yeah. Yeah. And the boxing cant and, and, and you're bamming me and bamboozle and all these words. Yeah. And, you know, they're just so vivid. But that I think yes, I, I don't know how she does it. There's a kind of magic in, in she can make you believe that these are this is the way people really talk to each other. What's <laughs> what's the novel?
0: I've forgotten the name of it. The one where um the her- the hero locks the hero. Sorry, the heroine locks the hero in the in oh, the basement.
1: Oh, that's Farah's daughter. Farah's daughter, yes, yes. yes, and
0: that that's so brilliant because she takes you into like gambling yes. halls and all yes. of that and. Um, and she uses yeah. so much of that—the the yeah. language of gambling yeah. and underground kind of clubs yeah. and so forth.
1: Yeah. But that's just such delightful. That is so funny when she locks him up in in, in the cellar. And, You've got to love it, a, it, a heroine who
0: locks the hero in a cellar and keeps the, him hostage the, for a few striker. for a while
1: <laughs> <laughs> to get what she wants out of him. No, that, I, I think, is it. Faro or Pharaoh? It's it's a it's a card I think it's game. Faro. It's Pharaoh. It's Pharaoh. Yes, it's spelled F-A-R-O. Yeah. But that is, the, it's one of their gambling. Yeah. Because you must know more about this than I do. What One of the things that shocked me was the extent to which gambling is, is part of upper class life.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was a huge phenomenon and it was um, discussed a lot. Um, the, the phenomenon of especially... Um, upper class women gambling yeah. because that's not something that women should do and I mean people got into massive amounts of debt I mean Georgiana the Duchess of Devonshire was the was the kind of yeah stuff, she yes. was the, the kind of exemplar of all this because she lost something like millions of oh, dollars yeah. Um, gambling, yeah. Yeah. Um, gambling away the the estate, basically. Yeah, in um, one night.
1: Sometimes. In one night, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: I mean, you, you can understand like a lot of the 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 real class warfare, like proper class warfare, going on at yeah. the time because yeah. these aristocrats, the privilege that they had was unbelievable. They were losing, you know, twenty times what yeah. the average family would have to live on in one night. In one night. Yes. And because it was such a a kind of. Um, it was a kind of socially sanctioned activity, yes. gambling. Although there was anxieties about women gambling, yes. but amongst men, it was socially sanctioned. It was just something yes. that upper class men were expected to do. Yeah. Um, it was okay. You could just go and throw away, you know, massive amounts of money and yes. and
1: not think anything of it. And all these exclusive clubs, whites and um, yeah, meals, is it? all dedicated to gambling? Yeah. And I, I just, I, I, I just, I thought. And, and but she does convey the horror of that, doesn't yes, she because does a few of the characters um in Friday's Child sherry uh, is starting to get into real trouble mm. because there's this predatory set of, of of aristocrats who introduce the young um heirs of the mm. new estates into these cl- clubs, and they the, I presume they must get some kind of commission. But they introduced them and they just ruined themselves. And a lot mm. of them committed suicide. I, mm. It's an aspect of it that I find very dark. I think there's a lot of things. Be, because Haya is writing romance and she's writing social comedy, everything's all right in the end. Mm. But she does touch on a lot of really dark places uh, yeah. lightly as she goes through.
0: I mean, nowhere is that more obvious, I think, than in the opening of Devil's Cup, where the yeah. hero actually kills a man, he, yes, leaves him on the side of the road, yes, yes. and he is spectacularly unperturbed by it. Couldn't and and she, she exposes, just in that in brilliant first sequence, just the astonishing privilege that the, the aristocracy yeah. had at this time. Yes. You know, he... He's, he's killed a man
1: yeah, and he he doesn't care. Blown and his head off and he's on the road with his brains all over the road. road. And they and the only reason they move the body is that the ladies are arriving later and may see the dead man on the yeah. road. Yeah,
0: otherwise he... And he's spectacularly uninterested in what's going to happen. People mm. keep saying to him, aren't you going to move the body? And he's like, eh, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, what,
1: what, what have I got to do yeah. with the body? Why would I... <laughs>
0: Trouble myself among uh, about such domestic concerns, yes,
1: yeah. I, and you think yeah, this
0: is just yeah. an unbelievable portrait yeah. of a society in which, yeah. if you're an aristocrat, you that have privilege, so much a staggering privilege mm. to do yeah. whatever the
1: hell you want. Really nasty. It, I, I just, I hate it. I mean, I, it just, yes. And when you think of the kind of poverty that that the people who weren't aristocratic were actually struggling through. It does it that 'cause we were we said at the- i said at the beginning, there's some things I don't like about her and I about her novels and the world of her novels, and I can when you go into that world, you do... You sort of take on... You have to at some level that the aristocrats are worth reading about and, mm. and, and, and that they're interesting. And at a fundamental... I, I don't believe I think they're predatory and parasitic. Yeah. And probably ugly with it. But yeah. they, make, they make a wonderful fanta- group of fantasy people, yeah. the way she uses them. Yeah. But still... One of the things that troubles me is that emphasis on blood and breeding. Mm. It really irks me because all the heroines who are sort of outsiders and are in, in dire danger of having to become governesses to live and whatever, they only are the heroines because somewhere they've got the blood and the breeding. Yeah. She never actually takes for one of her heroes or, or her heroines a genuine outsider.
0: Yeah, and they're always, and it's always discovered if if they are in a kind yeah. of. Um, a sort of dispossessed situation. Yeah. It's always yeah. discovered. Oh, she's the granddaughter yeah, of this she, man. Yeah, she, yeah, exactly. Oh, well, she... that changes our opinion, because doesn't it? Because that's in Devil's Cub.
1: Because mm. uh, you you mentioned the way um, Dominic he he murders the, the footpad, the the um the the, the man who's who, who does you know he, he's going to rob him and he, yeah. and he he's threatening his life, but he blows his brains up without turning a hair. And then the next, <laughs> and if that's not enough, well, the next, the next bit of trouble that Dominique is in is he abducts um, the the heroine, Mary, yeah.
0: thinking it thinking was her thinking sister. it was
1: her sister. <laughs> so he abducts the wrong sister, but he's thre- he threatens to rape her. He does threaten to rape her, and it's real rape. It's not it's not pretend stuff. I mean, that, yeah, that is that, and and he only doesn't do it because she shoots him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and so I I sort of think, oh what. What the hell am I taking on when yeah. I go into what Antonina calls the text world? Yeah. What 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 am I? What do I have to take on to like this stuff so much? So I'm finding, I because I don't take it on. So for me, I think I just move it into the realm of fantasy.
0: Well, I mean, that's such a great Devil's Cub is a great example because you know we have got a hero who does murder, who does abduct. One of the sisters, the wrong one. But leaving that aside, abduct a a woman. He does threaten to rape her. He doesn't rape her. But even still, that the threat is there and the threat is real. And he tells her the threat is real. And yet, as a reader, we love him.
1: Yes, yes. It's really tricky stuff. It's really yeah. Yeah. And
0: you have to kind of catch yourself and think, what am I actually doing here? What am I taking on? What am I I, taking on when 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 I read this? this And yes. it's just, I just think also that, I mean, it, it's clever, it's very yes. clever of her to do that, to yes. kind of put you in that situation yes. where you do take this on. Yes. Um, and I think that's thats not the only example of, yes. of a hero that is so compromised, yes. but yet you find yourself on his side.
1: It's because she buys into this sexual power and virility of the bad boy. mm and
0: the hero um, who is
1: redeemed through love, well, which is yeah, an age-old story. Yeah, exactly. But he, she does actually paint them as, as, as quite dark. It's, I guess it's a Heathcliff thing. I mean, yeah. Heathcliff is he, potentially we never know. Um, is it Hindley? We never know if he if he murders him, the one who dies of Hindley, drinking. Yeah, yeah in Mothering um, Heights, and, and Heathcliff is a terrible person. He, he's abusive. He's he's. He's frighteningly violent.
0: But nobody in higher approaches Heathcliff's real darkness, I don't think.
1: No, that no, they don't. No, they don't. They, they're sort of brooding. And she parodies it a lot. Yeah. And we've got the, the George um, Rotham character in, in Friday's Child, who's this brooding, byronic, always calling people out. Yeah. And, they, and they refuse to be called out because he's such a good shot. They know he's going to kill, kill them. Kill yeah. them, um, so she, I, I guess one of the reasons you and I maybe can take on is that she does parody what she's presenting. Cause in Devil's Cub, when, when the father turns up, um, at, at the end, Dominic's father, and there's that wonderful scene. Mm. when Dominic slams into the room and, and, and he sees his, his father, father and his, and the woman he loves <laughs> so sitting there. He, so you've got <laughs> the father and son, these two very powerful males, and, and Mary had has been telling him about the, the duel with, um, um, G- um juliana's lover yes and and he the father just says oh okay well what did you do with the body <laughs> <laughs> and there's a couple of things where they just take it that yeah know, somebody's dead <laughs> somebody's dead and juliana's always saying to donate oh for god's sake don't kill him you know? yeah and so yeah you know, so i guess i guess we can accept it because at some level it's played out for comedy and she is very funny she is very very funny she's yes.
0: just she's yes. just delightfully yes. funny and yes. i mean and that yes. takes you a long way towards yes towards kind of accepting it and she's yes. no one writes kind of romantic comedy better no. i mean some of her novels just make me laugh and laugh i seem to be forgetting all the titles um today but well, well
1: you, we've read so many. We've read so many. We but have, what's that one where, the, of...
0: where the, the the characters, two aristocratic characters pretend to be horse robbers? I can't remember. And then they hold somebody up and then they start complimenting. Uh,
1: that's um, the convenient marriage, I think. Yes, that's
0: a convenient marriage. Do yes. you remember that scene where yes. the two aristocrats, yes. best friends, that's right. they, they, they're right. trying to rob somebody yes. of their horse? Yes or trying to rob somebody and they start complimenting them <laughs> halfway the through on the horse. Right. Oh, this is a top horse. They forget horse. what they're they supposed to do. i to actually
1: like to buy this <laughs> <one>. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. So she she does like these great comedic set pieces and often like the chemistry between a hero and heroine. Yes.
1: It's just really funny and delightful it, yes. to see play out. And very um, abrasive. Yeah. Because I think that's, I, because I've read, I've read so many of them back to back. Yeah. And that's why I can't, really, that's why I forget the title. Yeah. She really does move in to that, the, the first the hero and heroine not actually liking each other very much, mm. and their sexual attraction manifests itself in deep antagonism, and that comes out in some very very funny dialogue. Mm. The Grand Sophie is a great example of that. Yes, yeah, it, yes, it's it's wonderful, mm. and and um, the, you know the, the the hero can be quite abusive to her, call her um, what does Sherringham call? Um, hero calls her brat. Mm. And and there's, you know, there's there's all these these very this funny see, I was again I was thinking about it driving out this morning, I'm thinking, you know what she is? Georgette Hire is, is a marriage between Oscar Wilde and Jane Austen. Yeah. She gets the basis of her plots from Jane Austen, particularly Pride and Prejudice. But she gets her amazing sense of social comedy and dialogue, I think, from Oscar Wilde. She's mm. very Wildean. I think that's a beautiful description of her. And, I, I mean, like, that's a kind of
0: platonic ideal of her, right? You know, <laughs> sitting on that nexus. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, and it's amazing, too, because Wilde, and in, in, I was thinking of some of his lovely short stories, Um, he plays with the idea of, of, of death in Lord Arthur Savile's crime. Yeah. Where the um, the the fortune teller foretells that he'll he's going to murder somebody, so like, and yeah. he can't marry his beloved until he murders somebody, and he ends up murdering a fortune, fortune fortune teller, teller. and seems. then he marries his beloved, and they live happily ever it after. Seems very efficient, yeah. And, and <laughs> it's it's and and he's and and it's just so it's so beautifully done and it's just presented Mm. as this perfect working out of this logical plot and I think Haya takes something of that from Wilde in this fundamentally quite disruptive view of morality and what is what and she takes from Wilde too that capacity he has A to idealise the aristocracy but B to reveal them as really really horrible as as they are revealed in um, Dorian Gray
0: well, I, the, the the line that kind of always sticks out at me and I, I can never kind of go past it is that moment in, in Devil's Cub where he tells Mary the rules of seduction for an aristocrat yes. and he says to Mary, yeah. um, "I I can't, I would never ruin... A middle-class girl like yeah. you yeah. because I can I can play the game with an aristocrat yeah. who knows the rules yeah. and who can get away with it yeah. so if I ruin an aristocratic woman yeah. she's got the kind of power and privilege to kind of hush it up or it won't yes. matter because it's yeah. kind of expected yeah. um, and I can ruin a servant because nobody cares you know I can ruin mm. a working-class woman mm. because they're just kind of prey easy yeah. prey yes but it's the middle-class girl that I can't mess with because touch. there's stakes in the game there yeah. She will be ruined and there's yeah. nothing really that can be done by her family because her family doesn't have the privilege to kind of shield her from that. But also often the middle
1: class family, the sits as they call them, they have the money. Yeah, that's so, true. So yeah. that reflects that political reality that in order to survive, the aristocracy has to intermarry with, with the, the middle, class. middle class. And this
0: is the rise of the middle class and new money. Rise of the middle
1: class. And what we've talked about this before, what, what we both end up, ended up feeling was that she i can't think of a less awkward way to put it higher middle class eyes her Mm. aristocratic males yeah because they have more middle class moral values yeah they're not really aristocratic they don't they don't have that total lack of care for other people 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 that they see as beneath them
0: and I think that's especially so. I think we've talked about this as well. Is is that she changes because she has a very long career? Yes, she does. And and as she yes. goes and she progresses, yes. you know, she starts off writing in the twenties, and then you know yes. by the time she finishes, it's the sixties or the seventies. Yes, and that's a long period of time. Very long. Um, and yes. so by the time she gets to the her novels of the sixties and seventies, her heroes have really become very middle class in their in their kind of orientation, like the such, Yeah. Um, yes.
1: If that's how you say it, is a non such or nonsense? It, it's. I think it's non. I did check this. Non such. Non such. Oh, I keep
0: checking. We'll it say it in the non or non such. <laughs> um, her hero is is a philanthropist. Yes. And he. Yes. and He. He's yes, aristocratic, right. but he yes. also he he yes. spends a lot of time. Setting up schools and so forth for the for, for, for the, the
1: really poor children because yeah. he wants them yes and he comes from a philanthropic branch of the aristocracy his mother's a philanthropist yeah. so was his father and he yes, has a very right. kind of she deep commitment to, to that. that yeah
0: so I think yes. that that again is yes. a, a kind of way of both. I mean, in a way, it's getting the aristocracy off the hook yes. by saying, "Well, they can do good because they yes. are—if they're philanthropic, then that's a good." Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, it, we it don't gets, have to
1: read, just have a revolution. We don't. And... Yeah, we
0: don't have to overthrow them because actually they're spending their money <laughs> yeah, yeah, educating yeah, the yeah, poor. Yeah. Let, let them get on with it. Yeah. So that kind of gets them off the hook. But on the mm. other hand, it kind of—it um, does sort of middle cl- make them more middle class, more understandable, yeah. more more relatable yeah. to yeah. the yeah. reader. Yes. yes. And I think but we can't forget does. the reader. Like she's writing schoolgirl fantasies in many ways but
1: this is something i've really been thinking about too because she said herself in 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 one of her letters i think to the publisher that she really wanted to move away from the aristocrats which were getting fed up with them but the schoolgirls <laughs> loved later them. they loved the dukes and the earls and the Mar- sorry marquesses and all that and yeah. so in some ways she was constrained and and she was uh, have you read Penhaligon? yet? Yes, I've read Penhullo, yeah. I think that's one of her most brilliant novels. Which is a crime novel, and, really. And yes, yeah. the, the detect. It's actually it has a detective element in it in it, it, at yeah. the end, and it's usually categorised as categorised as one of her detective novels. But that's a an upper middle. That's it's upper middle class, but that's a middle class family, and the family are just horrendous yeah they're so terrible they're such terrible people uh, yes they are and so she's moving into genuinely dark territory Mm. with that but that was one of her least popular novels the publishers hated it the readers wouldn't didn't like it much and so she had to go back to the aristocratic fantasy Mm. social comedy stuff which is a shame really yeah i think so but see I mean, there's middle class snobbery too. I don't know yeah. to what degree she was ever able to completely disassociate herself from that hideous kind of class politics that are embedded in every level of, of the class system. And there's
0: also a snobbery about dismissing them as schoolgirl fantasies, because even yeah. though, even if they were read a lot by young women, yeah, um, and that they were read in a fantasy context, yeah. isn't that
1: okay? Yeah, well, it you know, should be. It should be. It, it, yes. Yeah, because if they're reading, so it, they're, they're not. They're not always easy reads. I mean, there's complicated stage setting and dialogues no. and plotting. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah. It, it's I, and I think that? that.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I mean, it's asking. It, it's presenting relationships mm. that, even though we're in a time of massive gender inequity. Yes. Right. It's presenting yes. relationships that are remarkably egalitarian. Yes. You know the. the yes. I mean, except for some that are a bit yeah. kind of problematic. Yeah, yeah. Um. The the relationships are marked by like mutual love and respect. Yeah, and respect yes. it's not about a man possessing a woman no, or,
1: or you know no.
0: treating her like no. chattel. So mm-hmm. it's 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 asking, mm-hmm. it, it's presenting mm-hmm. love and romance mm-hmm. in a kind of egalitarian mm-hmm. way.
1: And I'd be fascinated to know if any young, I'm sure they don't, but I, young boys read her fiction because she has the most wonderful male characters. Yes, and a lot of her young brother characters. They're amazing. I love They're it. Just full of life, and they, and they reflect that other strand of publishing, which was the school stories, which yeah. was which began in earnest. Well, it started with Tom Brown's School Days, sort of mid nineteenth century, but. By the end of the nineteenth century, there's this huge industry in boys' own, particularly boys and girls. But of course, you know the boys, boys came first. But the <laughs> the boys' adventure stories
0: and many of those of her novels fit into that, and like I, the Tollgate. See, I think yeah. they do.
1: Mm. And I, but I would think that probably young school age boys, I don't think they'd be reading Georgette. I just can't believe that. But it's a shame yeah. that they don't.
0: But well, I think it's how they're marketed because, you know, they're, they're presented with, you know, yeah. girls in pretty dresses on the yeah. front cover oh, the and so forth. the covers of
1: them are terrible. You just have to ignore the covers. I mean, yeah. Why do they do
0: that? Oh, I think it's just it makes it... marketing departments. Oh, but they're, they're, yeah. they're presented as, like, girl boys. Yeah, girly. You yeah. Know, and no boy books. would
1: be caught dead reading yeah. them. And yeah, they're but full yeah, they're, of they're, fascinating male characters.
0: They're full of fascinating male yeah. characters. They're full of yeah. adventures. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. many yeah. of the novels, not all
1: of them, and yeah. many follow a kind of real adventure. Narrative. Yeah, they do. They're adventure stories. Yeah. See, I got my husband to read The Tollgate. Um and he very over <laughs> <laughs> And and he he I mean he wasn't raving about it, but he said he liked it. But he reads the Patrick O'Brien seafaring, yeah. um, story set in the Napoleonic Wars, and he was really interested in the historical aspect of it. so he was he wasn't as you say, he wasn't reading it as romance, he was reading it as historical mm. um, I don't know fantasy um, yeah, but historical
0: stuff. <laughs> but I think we should talk about the historical stuff because that's the I think really one of the most interesting things about Georgette hire is how. Learned and knowledgeable she was yes. in the history of the of yes. the 18th century and yes. but more particularly of the of the Regency because that's what Absolutely. she's known for writing about. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm an I'm an 18th century specialist. I I've covered research I've, I've covered writing up until you know the first 30 years of the 19th century yeah. and there's stuff that I didn't know about the period that I learned from her like the that, peerless pool. the peerless <laughs> pool the first swimming pool the first public swimming pool yeah. in, in London yeah. which yeah. I had never heard about yeah. but. Yeah. Um, but I learned from from Georgette Heyer, yeah. She she's so the the verisimilitude in terms of historical detail is
1: unbelievable. Is absolutely detailed and spot on. And the way, I mean, I don't know as much as you do about the fashions, but she's so careful. The way she describes all the male clothes, and you can see them changing as the period yeah. goes. We move from the from the Georgian period where it's all lace and ruffles and and yeah and and wigs and powdered hair and men wearing makeup i mean Don't and you find that fascinating. Yeah, that? well, and especially that's, in the Georgian, oh,
0: lots, sorry, lots the the 18th century kind of yeah. novels, the the um before that, she gets into the Regency yeah. stuff. Like I'm thinking about the Black Moth and um yes, Devil's Car, and yeah, um, Black Moth, um
1: these old shades, these old shades in
0: particular, and the that's masqueraders, probably, yeah, yes. these old shades is probably the best example of that. Yes. Is the men are dressed much more flamboyantly
1: than the, the women than the women, and they wear jewelry, they wear they wear beauty she, spots on they their have, face, they do, and they yeah. ha, they wear powder and they wear yeah. rouge and they yep. wear. Because in um, the one where the Cinderella, it's a male Cinderella story. Uh, a Powder, powder and, and Patch. patch yeah. Um, he's the he's the bluff blokey kind of man who who is is beloved won't accept him because he's not dressed like the macaroni. He's not he's not playing the the, the effeminate male that is the deeply masculine male. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's still very confusing, but he has to have his hair all cut off. So that he can wear the wigs, and there's that lovely scene at the end where she 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 he, she, she, she loses the locket that's had a it's got a lock of his hair in yeah. it, and she yeah. says to him at the end, "Oh, your poor hair," because <laughs> he's had to have it all shaved off so he can put these immensely large and ornate curly wigs. Yeah, and it
0: just shows you too how kind of artificial and constructed these notions that we have of of masculinity, masculinity and how yeah. men should should dress, yeah. because yeah. it's even though these men are you know. Powdered and patched to oh, within yeah, an inch of their yeah, lives, yeah, and they're, they're in high yeah, heels. They're yeah. in pink, you know. Yeah. Um, Flowered yet,
1: brocades and yeah. silks,
0: and but that's the epitome yeah. of masculinity. That's um, the epitome of like yeah. your hot kind of stud of the time. He's dressed in pink ruffles. Male. Yeah, and
1: she reco- she actually manages to convey that, doesn't she? Yeah, because they've got that. It, in some ways, that's it makes them a little bit sinister because they have all the they they kind of take on an empowered femininity, don't they?
0: Well, there's that beautiful scene in *These Old Shades* where where Avon is like unmasking the kind of plot that has kept Leone out of her inheritance, and he's there in like an outfit head to toe of gold, yeah, and sparkles and like yes. glittering with diamonds. Yes. And he's Di- yes. and he's got this and he's got this walking yeah. cane, which yeah. is you know he's yeah. not on a he doesn't need no, cane; it's, it's an a, affectation, it's one of those yeah, ornamental yeah. And so and he's he's this amazingly over the top figure, and yet he's so menacing and threatening and yes. you think like a man yes. these days if he turns up in you know gold pantaloons with yes. you know yes. ruffles and diamonds yes. and a wig yes. and yes.
1: you know yes.
0: makeup and rouge yes. all this yes. you would yes. think he was dressed in an effeminate way yes. but here he is the epitome of masculinity male. Yeah, that's
1: right so it's that, that kind of double whammy yeah. of the virility and aggression of the male with the peacock qualities the, the, the uh, yeah the, the, I, I find it Fascinating, but also a bit appalling. But isn't it interesting, Bo Brummel, who haunts all these stories, yeah. and who appears in some of them, and yeah. appears in some of them? He was the one who changed all that. Yes, because the and way... we've become obsessed with Bo Brummel now too. <laughs> yes, we have. But Brummel was the one who who made all that look silly, all that yeah. macaroni stuff um, with with the wigs and the cane and with the makeup, um, and yeah. The makeup. And he just had men in the very, basically what men wear now, in their yeah. suits and their white, tie. white ties. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Brum, Brummel made fashionable. And it's still being sold on Savile Road, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Brummel made it so precise and everything was so intensely elegant at a, a kind of minimalist level. Are the shirt points and the collars yes, starched yes, and yes. pristine, and, and it, it all hugged the male body. So there was the male display of yeah. the body, particularly the, you know the, the male part of the body. We were talking about this, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: but it became more subtle. Yeah, um, with with Brummel, it became more subtle, but still intensely but, sexual. Yeah, and still there's a kind of predatory aspect to it mm. too. It's a way of of making you know of of, of of making your yourself felt of making your will prevail there's there's a, there's a it's all about power yeah it is all about power i think
0: her novels are all about power they are, are
1: all yeah. about power
0: and, and, and the she's... different ways that's manifested
1: yes and, and clothing is one of them and clothing yeah. is one of them that's right and she's trying to humanize it i think You see, I think what you and I feel in different ways is that she can be a bit of an apologist for aristocratic privilege if you're inclined to read her that way. I think there are ways of not reading her that way. Yeah. But it can be quite troubling.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, while we're on the subject of clothing, before we move away from it, it's a lot of cross-dressing in good old hire. Yes, yes. uh, yes, I mean... It's it's kind of it's interesting the way that cross dressing is represented because yeah. a lot of the male characters fall in love with the heroines while they are exclusively presenting as Just men, as male, young young, young boys.
1: boys, very young
0: boys. Yeah. And it's so. What are we doing? With that? So what do you? How do you read that? Like, do you read that as a as a homosexual as a coded homosexual desire? I mean, there's one scene. In, I can't remember again what book um, it, it comes in, but there's one of them. That's about cross-dressing, where the hero actually kisses the heroine yes, while, she's while she's dressed, dressed young as a boy uh, as a young boy and scandalizes, yes. you know, yes. everybody around.
1: What, what is that? You've made me start forgetting the type. What is that one? Oh, oh anyway, yes, one, I know the one you Yeah, it's not the Corinthian. I think it might oh, be the it Corinthian. Might, be the Corinthian. might yes. be the Corinthian. Yes,
0: I'm sure I remember. Five minutes yeah, after we stop recording, yeah, I think it's
1: the Corinthian. And yes, he does, and 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 the people they, they get off the carriage, and the people are all looking back, and she says, "No, no, they they can they can see us," and he says, "I don't give a." Yeah, yeah, and kisses her anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, but you're right. And, and so, what, what are we doing with that one? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I kind of
0: my secret suspicion is that she was a lesbian, as you know. Yes. <laughs> I've told you that before, yes, you have. Um, because she she in in the photos of her, she's she's. Very masculine in affect, I think. Um, and she seems to. I don't know, she almost seems more interested in men than women to me. Because she takes along. All of her male characters are so beautifully drawn. Yeah. And The Masqueraders, I think, is a really interesting oh, example of, of playing with yes. like a, a, a queer reading of, of what's going yes. on in the romance. Yeah. So I don't yeah. quite know what yes. to make of the. the yes. The preponderance of cross dressing, yeah. but I think it, it's it's an interesting kind of comment on on gender at the time. Yeah. And I mean, cross dressing was a phenomenon at the time um, that was you know quite talked about. So um, actresses would appear yes. in breeches roles on stage, That's right. yeah. um, and that was yes. quite exciting because the thing with pants is that. If you're wearing pants as a woman, you're showing off more of your legs yeah. than if you're
1: wearing these voluminous skirts, yeah, that's and right. so that's very so sexy. So body yeah comes much more. I mean, that goes back to Restoration comedy. Doesn't yeah, it does it goes? Yeah, the actresses, so, yeah, all that. That was incredibly popular. I think she's feed, feeding into that. Yeah, she's definitely feeding oh, off Restoration sexy. comedy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right, and that's what these women would star in. Yeah. They would star in as yeah. you like it, whether yeah. it be a girl yeah. pretending
1: to be a boy. A boy.
0: Yes, and yes. so they'd
1: have to wear you know tight yeah. pants, yes. and it was all very exciting
0: yeah. to see an actress in a tight pants.
1: I I think there's all kinds of fascinating queer readings available of of Hire. There's also, though, the fact that in order to be saved, in order to have a proper life, women have to escape from femininity, don't they? Mm. They have to be able to just behave in in an honest and open and direct way, the way men can, sort of. Yeah. But it's more complicated than that because the men are just as constrained in many ways as the women. Powder and Patch is all about that, I think. Mm. So you can read it that the woman, the young woman, becomes more attractive to the male when she's dressed as a young male, not because he reads her as a young male, but because he reads her as the kind of woman he really wants. Yeah, like a a mate. Yeah, Yeah. yes, yes, Mm. exactly. Mm. So, And I don't know where I stand on all that. I, I haven't figured that one out. No, neither have I It's quite ambiguous And I, I love that aspect of it You know yeah. that um, Yeah because it, And you've got as as a fashion statement Men are dressing more or less as women And yeah. that's mainstream But then there's a the transgressive strand of it The women in order to escape They have to dress as boys So yeah. yes, it, it's very it, It's really quite fascinating
0: and we've noticed, too, um, we're both above average in height, although you're much taller than me. Yeah. We've noticed that a lot of short High's really lovely as
1: heroines are um, really tall, tall. They're five, and quite large. Yes, they are. They're Amazonian. That's right. Yeah. Like, they're 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah, and at which at the time, time was, yeah. was gigantic.
0: Yeah, I mean, women yeah. would hardly get, I'm 5'7", I'm yeah. so, and yeah. women would yeah. hardly be yeah. my height yeah. then. Yeah. And yeah. so she's got very yeah. tall kind of, yeah. yes, um, and, and a little bit,
1: Larger and kind of not as attractive. I think she was tall herself. I, yeah. I, I think she was. She's my height. I think five foot ten. And even now, I mean, even you know, it's still hard for a woman to be tall. Yeah. Um, and and I think she's she's yes yeah, she's um I, the best I think one of the nicest examples of that is in Tollgate. Yes. Where the heroine uh, has she has come out in the London season and nobody would have anything to do with her because she was tall. Yeah, because she's too tall and too tall and and Amazonian and strong looking. Yeah. And and they say she didn't take. And so she retreats and that's when the hero, who is gigantic, I mean he's he's well over six foot, he's this huge man. He's one of the loveliest of her heroes as Soldier, the return soldier. And he loves her, and and she's almost on a level. No, no, I think he's one of the few people that make her look not sure. short. Short, yeah, but yeah. shorty, um, short. So she, yes, yeah. yeah, she plays all kinds of games. Because Prue in the Masqueraders is very tall. Yes, she? and she and, and remember, Anthony can... is it
0: Anthony? Is the man mountain? Yes, yes. That um,
1: is it Fanchel, Anthony? Sir Anthony Fanshawe, something like that. Yeah, and he's, he's the man he's mountain. Huge, yeah. He's big, yeah.
0: And again, she can. Yeah. There's, there's, there's mm-hmm. so much gender play in the masquerade. because, yeah. okay. So the the conceit of that story for the listeners is that um it's a brother and sister and they've gender swapped. Yes, for various complicated reasons They're to hide their identities. Yeah. yeah so so they the Prue appears and lives as a as a man, and her brother appears and lives as a woman. Yes. Which
1: I think. And their, their, their brother, yeah, their brother and sister.
0: Again, yeah, is is, yeah. is um quite interesting because I think it's, you know, in the history of kind of cross-dressing, it's always been kind of acceptable for a woman to dress as a man, um, but yes. in certain ways, anyway, yeah. more acceptable than, a, than it is for a man yeah. to dress as a woman because yeah. effeminate yeah. is bad. Yeah. Yeah. but yet this, this man is a wonderful woman and he's yeah. got women
1: and they're all interested and in him lo- and they love everyone loves the way he looks as a woman yeah, yeah. and they say oh you know yeah. you're yeah. such a beautiful yeah. sexy yeah. woman yeah. Yeah. You because know? <laughs> when the um, the woman at the end sees him the older woman sees him and he's dressed as a young male. The first thing she says is, "Oh, you would have made a beautiful young woman." <laughs> yeah. And he captures sexual interest as a woman. And yes, he does. Mm. Oh, he does. Yeah. And he plays on it. He like he enjoys. He enjoys it. Enjoys yeah, it.
0: and so you can you can certainly make that uh, I mean, it's yeah. it's almost yeah. it's it's almost too easy to have a query. It, it's that.
1: interesting, yes, and it's interesting, isn't it? You you know you're never quite sure as a reader if Sir Anthony, I think he's Anthony Fanshawe. I hope we've got the names right. It has has figured out that Prue is actually a young male right yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Because he immediately becomes her protector, his when yeah. he takes her on and
0: it's not as clear whereas in the these old shades where there's there's
1: cross dressing as well, he knows he, from the very knows beginning. From the from the get go, that's yeah. right. But you're not you 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 are told at the end of the novel that he's always known. But for most of the novel he's being really lovely and being very protective and quite loving towards what mm. we is a young we think we think he thinks is a young male yeah yeah. so it it frees her up Mm. to make to to make observations about different kinds of attraction different kinds of desire different kinds of loving Mm. see i think i love the way she does that with brothers and sisters too yes uh, there's some, good, there's just some, just some lovely relationships between sisters and brothers.
0: And and actually, she what is related to that is she also does a lot of relationships between men and women that are 100% platonic.
1: Platonic, yes. I'm trying. To, and, you said once that you thought there was one particular relationship was that was the best platonic relationship you'd ever read, and I'm trying to remember what novel it was because I agreed with you. Yeah, no, and I, I can't, can't remember which one. Oh it was. gosh. But we'll put it helped. in the show notes yeah, if we, we remember. we, we will, <laughs> yeah. And he has to, yes, and she, she actually spends more time, the particular heroine, with, with, him. The, with him.
0: Yeah. And it was just Ooh. beautifully realised, this kind of, and she, she yeah. actually has a conversation with him about the platonic, yeah nature of their yes, relationship and yes. says, you know, well, it, we would never have been, it, we're not interested in each no, other that no, way, are no, we? No. And he's like, no, we're not. No, no, no. And he's not jealous of her, no, of her love interest. but they love each other. They love each other. In sort of kind of way. They, yeah. And they genuinely yeah. love each other yeah. and genuinely yeah. find each other to be an important yeah. person in their lives, but yeah. they just have zero yeah. sexual interest in each yeah. other. And yeah. I thought, you know, Stephen, still, we don't get that a lot. No, we don't. Even we still, don't. we even on screen, yeah. you know, if there's a single man or a, a single woman of roughly the same age, you know, there's yeah. always, you know, some kind it of implication. Has to be that has sexual
1: for song, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: even if it's never acted upon, yeah. Yeah. there's always yeah. some kind of... Yeah,
1: it has to be sexual somehow. It's there somehow, yes. but
0: she just yes. just doesn't yes. do it. And no, she says, she no, she no we're
1: just friends yeah. and we're absolutely happy. And very supportive. Yeah, and and they support when when they're, they're running away and doing all sorts yeah. of dreadful things. I wish
0: I could remember. I will. I will remember um, as soon as we've we've finished. But this. there's
1: so, it's, no wonder we can't remember them because there are such a lot. Have we? If we've got any more time, like we probably we're running don't. out of time yeah, quickly. Friday's Child. Friday's Child. Because I, that was her own favourite. Yes, but we and, didn't love it. Well, yes. I got. I reread it over the over the weekend because I knew I was coming to this, and I. And I got terribly upset because the hero hits, yes. yeah, Boxing This phrase, Boxes "boxing the ears,", ears. And, I, yeah. and I, and I, and I, what the hell does that mean? And I actually looked it up, and it means to hit someone on the side of the face with the open hand, so mm-hmm. you can actually hurt them. You know? Yeah. And he does it to her twice, mm. and she's her name is Hero, but she's called Kitten. She's, and she's, she's and very young. She's sixteen years old. He's twenty-three, and I. That I had a lot of trouble in my first reading, just getting past the fact that he'd hit her. Yes. Uh, d- did you feel that?
0: I, I I definitely felt that, and I that one didn't work for me because I think they were so young and silly. Yeah. It, I mean, it's 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 funny, but it's because they're so young and silly. I kind of thought, eh, I don't really. Connect with this, whereas no, her, no. Older, her older hair, yeah. older. I put that in inverted
1: commas. Yeah. You know, twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight. Um, that's right. Twenty. They, 20 yeah. Yeah. Twenty. Twenty-five 29, to, to yeah, twenty-nine. Yeah. The age shady. Range. The shady side of no.
0: The yeah. Yeah. On the way to thirty. On the way to
1: thirty.
0: Yeah. Those heroines seem to me to be more real, whereas my, my, I, I just yeah. find the kind of the um,
1: school girl.
0: Yeah, the yeah. schoolgirl thing, and like also there's a kind of premium. Placed on the youth that yeah, I find, and their looks, and, and their and yeah, yeah, and their yeah, the, the kind of innocence, sort of flesh crawling. <laughs> it's it's quite odious. But the one that actually irritated, Georgette <laughs> work,
1: quite odious. Odious, yes. Yeah, so sorry, I've, I've, I've lapsed that. into higherism. Wonderful. Risms. Oh, you're flaming me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the one that irritated me more than that, I loved the rest of the book. Yeah. But the Grand Sophie has a noxious piece of anti-Semitism, Anti-Semitism. which
1: just really knocks you sideways yeah. as a reader, doesn't it? It yeah. really
0: is horrendous. Yeah. And you think, so what do you do with it? Yeah, it's very hard to kind of come to grips.
1: Everywhere in golden age detective fiction. Like yeah, said, it's, it's it's really just just hard obnoxious. to read. Yeah, it is and hard. I feel like
0: what do you do with it? How yeah. You, and I it? really wish it wasn't there, but mm. like you have to kind of and I love everything mm. in that book that's not yeah, that yeah, horrible yeah. chapter of anti yeah, Semitism and yeah, you think yeah, I can't like I feel like yeah. I want to excise it and just, you know, yeah, take out that chapter out. and just pretend it yeah, never existed. Yeah. But at the but same time. It's caught up
1: with those values, isn't it? Yeah, and, and
0: it's well, d- intellectually dishonest to pretend it's not there. No, no, that's exactly so, right. So we have to deal with it somehow. We have to deal with and grapple with her yeah, her less attractive yeah, the kind violence, of. Qualities. The way she
1: glamorises violence because a really sex, sexy male is, is potentially violent in
0: higher. Yeah, that's right. And you can't kind of elide the fact that yeah, they're, they're often. Yeah. Can rape?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, in Devil's, the Devil's yeah. oh, he's a murderer and and a, a would be rapist. And a would be rapist, yeah. yeah. So what do we do? with What are we, we going to do? I don't know. Of? Let's
0: well, let's <laughs> be intellectually dishonest and think about and think about what we do like before we go. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably a very horrible question to ask you, but mm-hmm. if you had to pick one, oh, I while...
1: don't do this to me. Okay, no, I'm
0: going right. to say mine. Yes. While while you think. All
1: right. Okay. All right. Tell Venetia. Ah. We... Oh!
0: Yeah. I just absolutely love, like, yes, I find so that the couple yes. in Venetia to yes. be so yeah. cute and sexy and, I don't know, I just love... And the... he's a rake. But he's but he's a he's a, he's he's a, a good nausea. rake. Yes. He's not a he's not a rapist rake. Well, he does
1: though.
0: Oh, he says he says he says well, something about well, being in an orgy.
1: Um, <laughs> no, no. When he first meets her, and he thinks she's on his oh yes, that's right. On his property, yeah. And he grabs her. That is true. And he yeah, oh god, Stephanie. I'm really you, disturbed yeah, by my own yeah. proclivities now. Since what I say. Let's move on let's from move on. Stephanie's well, weird I, I'm, taste. I'm, <laughs> I love Venetia too. I love The Reluctant Widow. Oh, I do because love her. I think yeah. it retells Jane Eyre in a fascinating way, mm. and it's such. And a again, she's hug. an older heroine, and she's a much yeah. older heroine. And he's a lovely. Mm. He's just this common sense, you know, wonderful hero. I love Cotillion because the hero is a hero because he knows how to get a cab in the rain. Yes, not because, and she deconstructs the Regency rate or the rate. Yes, the that is a very clever in, one in that one. I love Arabella. Yes, she's a young heroine, but um, he—I love the way she has the social conscience. Yes, and they have to um, look after the little chimney sweeps boy. Yeah, and she foists the dog on him, Ulysses. Oh,
0: the dog! Yes, yes. See,
1: there's—and I love Frederica. because of the two brothers. And I did warm to Friday's child because of the three friends of Sherry. Yes, they are hilarious. And as I was reading it over the weekend, I thought she's almost marrying them as much as she's marrying him. Well, that that goes back to that big point we made at the beginning about marrying into the family. Yes, And, and they adore her and and sherry has to come to terms with that and, mm. and he like, he threatens to kill george because he thinks it's sexual because george actually kisses her mm. and so i i was actually more interested in the complexities of what she was allowing the heroine to feel and do mm. in friday's child but there's still the violence and there's still the rape there's the anti you know i don't know what do we do with it
0: well i we think that we read her <laughs> I would encourage our listeners to read her, too, because she's so yes, wonderful. And yes. once you start, you'll never stop. And luckily, there's, what, 50, 60 of them to get through? Yes, they're
1: 50, 60. And once yeah. you read her, you will want to read Oscar Wilde. You will want to read The Brontes, if you haven't already done so. You will want to read Jane Austen. You will want to read female Gothic. You will want to read 18th and 19th century novels. That's right. So Don't it is you, It yes. is
0: just the gateway drug gateway. to so much. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you, Stephanie. As you can tell from the enthusiasm <laughs> with which we have approached this podcast, we could talk for like maybe yes, five more yes, hours, probably more. more. We, we, we? we do yeah. have to go yeah. Yeah. because we're yeah. going to lose the studio in a, in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you again, Lee. Thank you, Stephanie. It's been
1: a great, a grand pleasure. It has been a grand pleasure. Yeah. I feel
0: like that should be the name of a Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. This has been another episode of From the Lighthouse. Um, if you could please rate and review us on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated and send us any feedback or suggestions for future episodes. You can send them through an iTunes review or through our website at fromthelighthouse.org. We will see you again in two weeks. Bye.